That's right, Bear Down Bears fans. It's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. Bears banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you. Wanted to get you another podcast here as we continue this Chicago Bears offseason. If you missed the last podcast, go check it out. Riley Ridley and Jimbo Covert. That was a great podcast. I really recommend you go and check it out. The Covert interview, really fantastic. One of the best interviews I think I've done in quite a while. Covert had great, great answers, so go go check that out. But we got a podcast here today because Adam Rank's coming on of NFL Network, NFL.com, great fantasy guy, but a big Bears fan and wanted to pick his brain on a couple things. Kind of think about what he thought of last season and really more so kind of look ahead. We're going to look especially offensively, especially the quarterback position, kind of, kind of break all that down and what he thinks the Bears need to do here moving forward. So, and, and speaking of moving forward, not going to get into a really long monologue here before we jump in with Adam, but the one thing I want to say, and this is going to sound really, really obvious, but with the amount of comments I'm seeing on Twitter lately and people tweeting at me about this Bears offseason and what they need to do and ideas for the draft and ideas for free agency is looking at the process that is the offseason because I'm seeing a lot of people who say, for example, the Bears need to cut Leonard Floyd, you know, not or I shouldn't say cut, but, you know, not, you know, rescind the fifth year option and, and save that money, which, OK, fine. I understand. I would like to keep Leonard Floyd. I think that's the better move to go for this season. I understand the 13 million is hefty, but I don't like creating a huge hole. And people say, well, then you can spend a second round pick and draft his replacement. That is something that is very dangerous. And teams basically never, ever sit there and plan on finishing free agency and going into the draft with gaping holes in their roster, unless the roster is at a point where it's just not good enough and there are just holes everywhere. When you have a roster that is pretty complete, like the Chicago Bears roster is, you are not going to enter the draft saying, well, we need an edge or we need a guard because literally we don't have anyone to play that position. The Chicago Bears will be entering the draft with what they feel is a complete roster and then looking at how they can improve that roster in the draft. So to like the plan, they should draft a guard to start. That's a terrible idea because if the guards you want in the second round are taken ahead of you, then you are trapped where now you are reaching for a player. That is never a good idea to target a position and say we are taking this position with one of our first two picks because we need it. That is how you construct a less talented roster. You want talented players. You want to maximize your talent on those selections. So the Bears need to, if they're going to let Leonard Floyd walk, they need to replace Leonard Floyd in free agency. That's not to say they can't draft an edge, but they need to make sure they have a capable edge player opposite Khalil Mack in case they can't find one in the draft. They cannot leave right guard open unless they are comfortable with someone like Alex Bars starting this year. If you're comfortable with Bars and then you find a better right guard in the draft, that's fine. I don't know where the Bears' assessments are on, on all the players on their roster, but you better be comfortable with Alex Bars or Coward or whoever it might be at guard if you're going to not address that position in free agency and, and potentially 
not definitely, but potentially address it in the draft. So don't sit there and bank on a player or a specific position in the draft. Yes, I think the Bears should draft a tight end in the second round. I think based on this class of tight ends, which I think is pretty good, but it doesn't have a lot of top end talent. And what I mean by that is doesn't have a a guy who's going to go 12th or 13th overall. Those tight ends, it's possible that there aren't any tight ends off the board when the Bears draft. I doubt it. I'm guessing one, maybe two are off the board. But the Bears should have potentially talented tight ends on the board there in the second round for them to potentially take. So I think that's a great position for them to target. But that doesn't mean that's all they should do at the tight end position. He, meaning Ryan Pace, needs to absolutely address this position in free agency or via a trade. This has to be done in March. You can't sit there with Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen and you know wh whoever else it might be, whatever they decide to do, whether that be J.P. Holtz or whether that be Ben Bronicor or, or whoever it might be, Horstead, they can't just sit there and leave this mediocre group and hope it gets a little healthier and then hope that they'll add a second round pick in the draft. They need to address it in free agency. So look, I know this seems obvious, but the what, what I'm seeing on Twitter, what I'm seeing in, in WCG comments is people talking about how to address positions in the draft. That's not what the Bears should do. The Bears need to make sure their roster is as complete as possible entering the draft, then sit there and see what they can do to improve. There's no guarantee that a second round pick is just going to step in and start anyway. Like, for example, and I think I've said this on previous podcasts, I think a great maneuver, if it opens itself up to it, is to keep Floyd for this year, draft an edge in the second round, because you're usually not going to find edges in the in the in on the third day. You're going to find Kylie Fitz, which does not help. Draft an edge in the second round, and then let Floyd play with that second round pick as your third edge who can rotate in and help with the pass rush. Let Floyd walk after his fifth year and then slide whatever they, whoever they might've drafted in the second round into the starting position in 2021. That's, that's what I would do again. Like I said, you can't target positions. You can't lock things in like this, but ideally if they drafted an edge and a tight end in round two, I would be thrilled with that decision. So again, when you look at how to fill these holes, and there are holes, they have to decide what they're going to do with HaHa. -Ha. And if they let him walk, obviously they need a safety to pair with, with Eddie Jackson. They need to decide what they're going to do at cornerback if they let Prince go. You're going to go with Kevin Tolliver? You're going to side screen outside and go with Duke Shelley on the inside? That's a risk. Do you want to sign a, a cornerback that could be pricey? Do you want to sign someone like you did with Marcus Cooper a couple years ago that hopefully is a replacement level guy who if he's a backup or a starter, he could kind of go either way and he's not going to kill you either way? How do you want to address that? So there's holes on the roster and they need to figure out what they're doing with those holes in free agency and not wait for the draft. Again, sounds obvious. Seems like I just talked for six, seven minutes on something that, that, that seems like any dope would figure out. But again, comments I'm seeing is, is how the bears are addressing things in the draft. And again, that is not how a team is going to approach the off season. So just wanted to get that off my chest, but want to have a conversation with Adam Rank here from NFL Network, getting into plenty of Bears stuff. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it'll be with Adam Rank. This is Bears Banter. Bill Zimmerman will be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Bears Banter, and time for our guest, Adam Rank from NFL Network. Great fantasy guy, but a better Bears fan. 
and he, he joins us now at Adam Rank on Twitter. Adam, Bill Zimmerman, how are you? Bill, what's going on? Good to uh, good to be back on with you. It's been an interesting year, but I'm you know what? I'm getting ready to look forward to 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I think all Bears fans want to look forward to 2020 because not not that eight and eight is terrible, but when you have the expectations, you do eight and eight feels like three and thirteen. So let let me get your reaction to last season and what you thought were two or three of some of the the bigger issues with the team for the reasons for the regression. Well, you know, it is one of those things that when you look back and you see it was eight and eight, you're like, gosh, it was, it, it felt like four and 12, but eight and eight, not so terrible. And if you think about it too, you think about that, they were three and one going to London, that they would have held on to win that game. And then they would have beat the chargers, which they should have. You're like, oh, now you're looking at a 10 and six team. Like, but they have been in the playoffs with everything that was going on. And when you look over it, I, I think there were some key issues. Number one, with the offensive line, not figuring out who was going to be the center. I think having some injuries, of course, at the tight end position, the Adam Shaheen thing and Trey Burton and all that. All that stuff happening while they could have had George Kittle is something that I think we will always look back on. I mean, as, as much as obviously the Mahomes thing is always going to get the most the most heat and people are going to remember that the most. You're like, yeah, we actually drafted a tight end of the second round when we should have drafted, should have drafted George Kittle. Although we could have been the Denver Broncos who took Jake, Butt with the exact pick before George Kittle, but that obviously on the offensive side of the football and defensively, once Akeem Hicks went down and that offense and that defense just became very vulnerable to the run Leonard Floyd was never the the specialist we have wanted him to be, and I think that, you know, coming back healthy and being set and ready to go, I think that this team, that although we had high expectations this year, we should look forward to them getting back into the playoff mix next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I still think this has the potential makeup for a, a playoff team, and you're right, the defense – while if you look at all the advanced metrics and, and the points per game, everything everything looked pretty good, but uh, other than the turnovers. But yeah, there was just there was that oomph missing from the defense, one hundred percent. So uh, offensively, you you pointed out some of the some of the warts from last year. What is your thought right now on the Matt Nagy offense? Obviously, a, a hybrid of the Andy Reid offense, but Matt Nagy, we've got two years now. We know the running game needs fixed. Hopefully, Juan Castillo is the guy to do that. But what, what do you think more of the Matt Nagy passing attack, what you've seen for two years? You know what? I, I think there are some play calls that I would take issue with, but I think that's everybody. I, I think that if you spend some time with other fans, you can – I'm I'm close with a Saints fan who gets mad at Sean Payton all the time. And there were Chiefs fans, you know, up until a couple of years ago who felt like Andy Reid didn't know what he was doing. So I think there's always going to be some disagreement on some of the play calling. But a lot of times when you watch these games and you go back and watch the tape, so many times these wide receivers are open. So many times these guys are schemed up and, and, and if Mitch would just make a quick decision or make a quick read or be a little bit more decisive, he would be able to take advantage of some of these things that are going on. So to me, it looks like, it, it looks pretty good. I, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I'm in the minority just hanging out on, on, on Bears Twitter, 
just being the like I I like Nagy. I think he he sounds confident. I think I believe what he says. I want to I want to play when I hear him talk. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's because you know we're a couple of bald guys who like visors, and I want to you know agree with everything that he's doing. <laughs> but I'm like, I kind of dig I I dig it. I I think that he sounds like a good coach. I think he's he's a better version of Mark Tressman. I just wish that you know maybe some you know, and I think this year just we took a step back because injuries and, and having Mitch, you know, a little bit tentative to run the football. I think our, our quarterback needs to be a little bit, in addition to being decisive, like when it's available to him to run the ball and you're as athletic as he is, he needs to go and make that decision and run. So I think that I like everything schematically. I think the coach is on the right track. And so I'm, I'm a proponent of, of Matt Nagy. And I, I know again, that at this, with the vocal majority on Twitter, I feel like I'm often fighting an uphill battle. Well, we we, we are definitely on the same page, and I, and I, I fight that uphill battle a lot. And I've plenty of people are pissed off when I when I. Tweet I see you there. No, no, no. I see you there with. I feel like you and I are always like kind of it's it's us two against the wall trying to fight <laughs> ourselves out. Yeah, it really, it really feels like that a lot. So I, I want to get into Mitch and and, and the quarterback and, and what what they should do. But but before I do that. This, let's kind of look ahead on, on what the Bears should do entering free agency before we get into actual free agency. Because obviously there's not a lot of cap space. They need need to make some moves. Probably a right guard. Obviously tight end needs to be addressed and all that stuff. But defensively, I'll, I'll bring two things up here. You know, I think, ta- well, first of all, Taylor Gabriel, I think, is the guy who's clearly probably going to get released and save some cap money yeah. there. And they're going to Ridley and Wims and see if they can get into that third wide receiver role. But defensively, you got Prince of Mukamara, who they could save a decent chunk of change if they get rid of him, but that leaves Kevin Tolliver or Duke Shelley, depending on what you, where you put Buster's screen, as the you know the, the next corner to play regularly. And there's the Leonard Floyd. They could rescind the fifth-year save $13 million, but have a big hole at edge. So defensively, what would you want to do financially with that side of the ball? Yeah, it's really tough to commit the money. Uh, of the two guys, I like Prince of Mukamura, and I would definitely want him to return but again, it gets it gets kind of tricky with the with the salary cap space. And really, to me, and I, I think the Rams found this out when they brought in Jalen Ramsey. Is like it's it's it seems like a luxury to spend all that money on a cornerback and how important it is. But really, if you get the pressure up front and you can get guys who can get to the quarterback, that helps out the the, the secondary immensely. And I think that. You know, one of the reasons why Eddie Jackson, you know, didn't have as many interceptions was because not having a guy like Akeem Hicks up the middle who not only does great stopping the run, but can put pressure on the quarterback. And we need to look for guys who can get to the quarterback that make that makes that makes the signal caller get rid of the ball a little bit quicker than he wants to. And so if I had to make a move, I, I mean, honestly, I could see both Prince and Leonard Floyd being gone and then trying, trying to address that in the draft i mean even though it's disappointing to not have a first round pick you look at two seconds you're like okay we can find available players in the second round we can have guys who can step in immediately and and kind of contribute there and of course you know there's a lot of i'm seeing you know a lot i don't know if it's you but somebody loves one of the tight ends who's at the senior bowl right now and keeps putting up videos that bryce was it bryce haskins i think it is hopkins and hot yes exactly excuse me it's early out here. I'm on the West Coast. Listen, um, 
So I'm, you know, I, I look at it and I'm like, ah, depending on where they want to go in the draft and, and invest that capital, if they can, you know, maybe save a few bucks and, and bring in some cheaper options, I could definitely see them do that. I don't know. It's kind of tough to rescind the, the fifth year. on. I, I, I'm so mixed on Floyd. Like he, he seems like a good football, like he's a good player. But for a guy who is the eighth overall pick in the draft, you're like, ah, is, he, is it really is it really worth it? So these are decisions I'm glad I don't have to make. But I think that, you know, if you can save some some room and then help address it by bringing in more people, because I think that you can you can probably be better off just having more depth at different positions as opposed to having money tied up in a few key guys. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with that. Floyd, I think they have to let Prince go and figure out a cheaper cornerback option. I, I you know I don't know exactly who that's going to be at this point, and maybe they like Tolliver. That you know he had a couple good moments in December, but that's a big risk. But with the Floyd thing, I just I have a big fear of letting him go. You can't address Floyd departure and free agency because anyone who's at Floyd's level or better is going to be you know 17 million dollars a year you didn't you didn't accomplish anything so I don't know about bringing in a a cheap veteran and then hoping you get a good edge in the draft that's really risky I don't think they're going to give Floyd a a long-term contract I really can't see that at this point with all the money that Mac has but I, I really have a lot of fear of having a giant hole at edge and not, you know, in the pass rush getting even worse, you know, regressing again. So that is a, a, a no, tough call. for sure. Yeah. And at- you know what? And, and, and he didn't get a full season. I mean, I, again, like not to, not to make a, a excuses on the defense, but if, if a is there, you know, Floyd is, is much more effective and it's, it's fair to say that, you know, that he could have, you know, if he played every game, just if I don't know if we could just convince him that every game is the Packers. <laughs> if you go out there and make that happen, I, I think again, like I, I, I'm with you. I, I think ultimately, I'm with you. I could see us letting go of a veteran cornerback, but trying to keep as many edge rushers as possible because he is so talented. And who knows? I mean, I'm sitting here doing bios of guys who, you know, like oh, in the fifth year, you know, and it happens. You know, these guys are talented, and some things. Sometimes it just takes a while to click, and it's not like he hasn't been a good, serviceable player. So I'm, I, I feel like I'm more in your camp. Yeah, he's a solid player. He's just not a, a, a very good. He's just not a very good pass rusher. You can, he can do everything else. He just can't rush the passer. But you need him to rush the passer. So it's a, a tough spot. All right, let, let's flip over offensively. Would you like to see, see look offensive line? They're kind of stuck at a lot of things. Whether you like Leno or Massey, those contracts are pretty immovable, and I can't see one of them becoming a swing tackle. So I can't see right. anything happening there. White hair and Daniels obviously want to keep in there. Big hole at right guard. Would you want them to see kind of save money there, maybe hope for someone in the draft, or are you for going out and getting a solid $8, $9 million a year guard with this offensive line? Because they got to do something to solidify it. I think that I, w- I would want to do both. I, I, I would still want to try to develop some players and, and try to think of the, the offensive line long-term as a project. And so if, they're, if you're sitting there in the second round, and it's always difficult to try to figure out what's going on in the second round. And, you know, I'm, I, it, it's funny having to go to the mock drafts and be like, okay, where's the mock drafts that have at least three rounds? So I can see, <laughs> so I can be interested in my team. Exactly. And, and kind of looking in, but, but at the same time, you're like, okay, well, they can address it in the draft. I would still want to do it, but I still think it's worthwhile to, to bring somebody in and starting to look at some of the available free agents 
and everything like that. So I, I would want to do that. I would want to, it almost feels like I wish we had more picks in those middle rounds just to kind of, cause it seems like they're not necessarily huge. I think guard is huge. Like we do need to figure that out, but it, at the same time, it's like, you know what, if you can figure it out and if you get somebody in the draft to develop and then, you know, maybe use some of those resources to help on the defensive side of the football, because as we figure you're going to have to, you're going to have to replace Prince of uh, Prince of Mugamura, obviously, or eventually, and using it on draft cap, using the draft capital on defense, and then or excuse me, using one of those picks on a guard, one of those on defense, use some of your free agent money on defense. I think that would probably be the best way to go. Uh, uh, you know, I, I could definitely see that as well. It's it's again, it's going to be a, a tricky balance that Pace has to figure out this off season. So two two more positions I want to hit with you, and we'll we'll spend a decent time on, on quarterback, but tight end position. Let's let's look at that first because I I think the Bears need to draft someone and bring in a veteran that group is such a mess obviously you hope burton is is going to be healthier and can contribute again like he did two years ago where he was he was okay he's not going to live up to that contract but you still need him to, to contribute something shaheen's probably getting cut in august i don't know what you think of horstead you know ebron and hoopers definitely seem like they're the top free agents in the tight end class what, what do you think about tight end yeah ebron i i see a lot of speculation on and it it's interesting to me obviously two years ago he had 13 touchdowns had a little breakout there and then last year that touchdown total was obviously going to regress so perhaps because of that he might come with a little bit of a discount i think he's super talented and i think put in the right spot he can be very productive i know fantasy enthusiasts will be like good guy sucks because everybody gets everybody thinks that he should be a double digit touchdown guy each and every year but he he's athletic he goes out there. He does a pretty good job. I thought he played well for Indianapolis last year, even though the, the touchdown totals were inevitable to come down, especially when you're changing quarterback from Andrew Luck to to, uh, to um, Brissett. So I I, I could see. I, I think that I you know if the right draft prospect comes along, I would definitely make a move for that, and then then I would look at it. It, it, it is so it is so weird to me though that. Free agency. I, I wish free agency and draft were more. I, I wish it would flop those, so you can kind of figure out, like, oh, you know, we've we were able to draft a tight end. Let's go pick one up in the in the market, and if not, as opposed to the reverse. So I, I could see us doing it. I would. I'm with you though. I would rather draft a guy for sure, and then hope that Trey Burton can kind of develop a little bit more, and then go at it that way. Yeah, whatever whatever they do, there needs to be a definite focus on fixing tight end because that was that was anemic. I felt like we were we were back in the days of the '90s when Keith Jennings was was the only guy catching balls at the tight end position. No offense, Keith, yeah, if you're listening. It's, it's it's one of those things too. Like that offense runs through a tight end. Exactly, you have to have a tight end to make that work. And obviously, you know, we saw what Travis Kelsey is able to do for the Chiefs. Now, obviously, he's extremely talented and and everything like that. But it's like that. That position should be one of the superstars, and I think that it's what's hurting Mitch is not having a guy in that spot that he can rely on all the time. All right, now I'm going to put you on the spot here as we move over to quarterback. I'm going to give you three options. They're generic options, not specific options. At the quarterback position, would you like to see in 2020 Mitch Trubisky starting week one, Mitch Trubisky as the Bears backup in week one or Mitch Trubisky traded or something in the offseason where he's not on the roster and the Bears start anew at quarterback in week one? 
I'm going to say that I want him as the starting quarterback in week one. Interesting. Because okay. I think because the quarterbacks that we're looking at to be a starter, who would you bring in as a starter? Would you have to be somebody like Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, or Cam Newton? And Cam Newton, I don't know what his price tag is going to be, but I could I could anticipate that getting pretty on obviously if you get Cam Newton on the cheap, we could we could read a Scott like we could we could we could go back and amend this, you know, depending on what the price tag is going to be for Cam Newton. But I think of Phil Rivers. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm like, I've seen enough of Phil Rivers out here. I, I think that I I I hope he goes to Tampa Bay and works with Bruce Arians. I guess Jameis Winston would be another guy too. Then if that's the scenario of quarterbacks who would come in instead, you know, I, I think of having Mitch. Giving him one more year, the one good thing about the way that the quarterback salaries work, or at least, you know, now with the current collective bargaining agreement, is that these quarterback salaries aren't crushing you. They're not killing your salary cap. And it's why he's going to get that fifth-year option. It's because he's so cheap. And I think that Mitch, you know, whether he ends up being the long-term answer for the Bears or not, he is going to be a quarterback in this league for the next decade, at least as a backup, because he has shown some ability – He's athletic. He can do some things. He's, 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 you look around at some of the backup quarterbacks in the league, you're like, okay, Mitch can at least do that. I would want to kind of do a, a similar thing to what happened last year with the Tennessee Titans and Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill. If you can bring in a, a lower-level veteran free agent, where if you're thinking of somebody like Andy Dalton, you're like, okay, Dalton, you come in, you're, you can you know have the opportunity to maybe – compete for the starting quarterback spot, perhaps end up winning the job similar to the way that Ryan Tannehill did, but at least give Mitch maybe a little competition, but also have a nice little insurance option. And so I would, that that would be my approach. And I think that Bill Lazor coming in as the offensive coordinator and having worked with Andy Dalton, everybody trying to read the tea leaves. There was like, ah, that's it. Cause I think before when Helfrich was still here, everybody was like, oh no, this is going to be Mariota. He's going to come into the backup. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, it's everyone wants yeah, everyone's trying to figure it out and and look, I agree. If I think if Ryan Pace sees an opportunity to get a big quarterback in here and it's and it works somehow whether the salaries work or a trade works, I think he'd do it. Like let's let's say, you know, John Gruden's sick of Derek Carr and he wants Jameis Winston. I'm making this up and and Derek Carr right. becomes available. Well, I, I would I would absolutely think Ryan Pace would look into trading for Derek Carr. Now, you know, if oh, yeah. if if the if Sean Payton says Taysom Hill's not going anywhere, I'd rather have 10 years of Teddy Bridgewater than one more year of Drew Brees and you get someone like Drew Brees available, especially that Ryan Pace and Drew Brees know each other well. I could see, you know, Ryan Pace going for something like that, but I'm going to assume that Brady Breeze you know, Cam Newton, any of these guys are either not available or not a fit for Chicago. So they're going to be looking at that, that lower tier. And, and I said this, and we went back and forth on Twitter on this a little bit. The one guy I'd love to see come into this team, if he can play football, and I will say this by saying, I don't think, unfortunately, he ever will be able to again. But if he can play football this season is Alex Smith. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember you. I remember you and I talking about this. I've always been a big fan of his coming out of coming out of Utah, and I've always said, and I know that the Packer fans don't want to hear this. I'm like, you know what? If Alex Smith would have been the guy who dropped to you, 
you would have been just as good with him as you have been with Aaron Rodgers. And I think that Aaron Rodgers would have had a career similar to what Alex Smith has had, where it wouldn't have worked out with him in San Francisco until Harbaugh got there. And then maybe I, I, I can't see Rodgers and Harbaugh working together. So that's what would have happened. So if he would have been rescued by Andy Reid, then perhaps, you know, I could have seen like him have a very similar career to what uh, Alex Smith went through. Because I, I think that Alex Smith is definitely, definitely a talented quarterback, and we never really got a chance to see what he could do. He almost, like he almost, like people don't realize if there wasn't, if it wasn't for that muffed punt in 2000, was it 2011 when the Giants beat the, beat the Patriots for the second time in the Super Bowl, like the 49ers should have won that NFC championship game. And they they had the kind of team that could have beaten could have beaten New England as well, and then Alex Smith's career could have been completely different. So I, I'm with you. Like if if that guy can play football, that is definitely somebody I would want on the roster. Yeah, a- absolutely. And if it's one of those things where he's still not healthy in March, where they can kind of commit something to him, but even June, July, you know, you start seeing some something. I I, I wouldn't. Mind, I think he's going to be cheap. I think he would come to to see to work with Matt Nagy again and I think he would completely understand that he may be a backup quarterback until he can prove that his his leg can function properly again so I love that idea again I just don't know if it's possible but uh, you know again I'm kind of with you I kind of look at the available options and with Mariota I think the one thing that's interesting is him and Trubisky have the same agent so I don't know if he's going to want mm. Mariota and Trubisky pitting against each other in training camp, trying to tear each other's heads off for that starting job. So, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. You know and I know Pace loves Mariota, so that's another reason why, why that might happen. But to me, and with the tea leaves, like you said, with Laser, the fact that, you know, Dalton has done heavy RPO stuff with Laser before in Cincinnati, so I would think he could pick up Nagy's offense pretty quickly. To me, and I know Bears fans are going, Andy Dalton, that's what we're going to do to try and save the quarterback position. Again, when you miss at a quarterback, which right now I would obviously say that Mitch is definitely leaning towards miss, and I agree with you, he'll be a backup quarterback forever. I just don't know if he's going to be able to start. Andy Dalton's not exciting, but I think, you know, a, a direction like that might be the the best of what ends up being the available options. I almost, I, I mean, I kind of think that Dalton is exciting. I I really do believe that, you know, just watching Tannehill go out and do his thing, like, God, like there's like, yeah, there's no doubt to me that he would be able to go and do that as well. Like, I I think that with those years when Dalton was surrounded with some decent options some decent, you know, receivers and, and everything was going on that, that, that organization in Cincinnati is not, not great. And you think about the, the, the the rebirth that Carson Palmer had when he got out of there. And, you know, and Dalton, you know, I thought has been a solid quarterback for the majority of his career and, and coming in. And I think this bears team has a lot of, a lot of positive, like, I, you know, we're, we're going over, we're, we're nitpicking things and talking about the right guard and improving tight end. But we've got Allen Robinson, who's one of the, to me, he's one of the top five receivers in the game. And I won't even, I won't hear otherwise. And, you know, and Anthony Miller started to come along, and, and I like David Montgomery. I think that there's there's some positives here. So I think that a quarterback like Andy Dalton could come in and end up doing pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've said this. If the Bears had average quarterback play, and whether you're a Trubisky supporter or not, his performance, you want to blame Nagy, offensive, I, I don't care, whatever. But 
Trubisky's performance last year was was poor. And if you had an average NFL quarterback, which to, to me, Jameis Winston, Derek Carr is probably right in there in that exact mid-range. If that type of quarterback was on this roster, that's a, still another 10, 11, maybe even 12-win team. Like you said, you look at the Raider game, and I understand that was Chase, not Mitch, but you look at the Raider game, you look at the Charger game, you look at, you know, even the Eagles game because, I mean, that they did nothing for an entire half offensively. You just look at some of those games and go, those games could absolutely have been won. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there was there was a lot of those, and I forgot. Yeah, the, I forgot that Chase was the was the starter in England. It was a kind of a mirror. Yeah, gosh, that and that's when when Akeem got got hurt as well. And it's man, you just look, you're like, God, we were not that far from from sneaking into the playoffs. And even and with Chase, looking, Kevin Pierre Lewis, who had a great season, doesn't jump off sides. You know, bam, or running into the kicker. Sorry, running into the kicker against the yeah. Raiders. They're going to win the Raider Raider game. Hundred percent. You're like, oh, it was bad, but it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. I, I, I not, I don't even think we're romanticizing it. I don't think it was. It didn't feel like 2018 where you're like, oh, that team should have gone to the Super Bowl. But it still felt like, oh, they were okay. They were, they were hanging in there and, and making some things happen. And I don't listen. And I think next year, I think there's going to be some regression for the Packers. You know, your quarterback's getting a year older. I think the Vikings are okay, but you know, if they if they miss out on some key guys, I mean, like the Vikings too. Like they they benefited. You know, Dalvin Cook has been hurt for pretty much his whole career, and then he had a you know he was able to stay relatively healthy for the entire for most of the season. Then they they could be in some trouble too. And then Detroit, thankfully, is keeping Patricia. So now you know what? I don't I don't think that the the North is that far away as a lot of people I know. Bears fans are so pessimistic and everybody's upset, but it's like, you know what? That's where we want to be. Like, it's fine. It'll be different. Like now we're not going to go into a year expecting the Super Bowl, And that's usually when it works out better for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think this off season is going to be fun because I think this is going to be a lot like 2018 where Ryan Pace will be aggressive. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm not saying there'll be giant splashes like Allen Robinson and Trey Burton, where maybe there will be, I don't know, but the pace that we saw last year that just kind of, you know, stepped back, re-signed the guys he felt he needed to re-sign, and then, you know, his buster screen and just, you know, you know, ha-ha on the cheap deal, just a couple tweaks. You know, the offseason was, was, was you know, desolate for the, the Bears. I think this one, there's going to be some interesting things that happen. No, I agree. I'm excited for it. I think this is going to be – it'll be interesting. And last year – even though they didn't have a first-round pick, still ended up getting the guy that they wanted, David Montgomery, and I think that he's very good at maneuvering around the draft board and everything. So I'm excited. I, 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 I again, I, I feel like I'm like almost a lone wolf out there. I'm like, I think Pace is okay. I know that he missed on the quarterback, and that's going to always be glaring. But that, and you know, and, and the thing too is like. Somebody asked me the other day, you're like, well, how does it feel that you missed out on Mahomes? You're like, you know what? You know who they didn't miss out on? Michael Jordan. Like, yeah, that was – I know that all the millennials and the Gen Z kids won't be able to benefit from like, oh, yeah, you know what? Jordan was the third pick in the draft. You're like, you probably don't realize that now. And so this is just, you know, karma, sports karma coming back <laughs> and uh, rearing its head. But the only thing is, is like, wait, but, you know, Mitch could either go and be Olajuwon or Bowie, although – Watson, because he plays in Houston, is probably a better Alash one comparison. But you know what? That chapter still has not been written. So he doesn't have to be Sam Bowie. He could still be Alash one. So we can root for Mahomes and we can wish him well and enjoy his talent and be like, you know what? Our guy might not end up being so bad too. 
But uh, it, it should be an interesting offseason. Yeah, it, it, it definitely should be. And I'm with you. I'm a Ryan Pace supporter because, look, and I, I know his most important decision draft pick he, he, he missed. So that's, you know, and, and Watson and Mahomes were behind him. I, I get all that. But if you take that out of it, which I understand is a big part of the equation, if you take that out of it, I think what Ryan Pace has done, and I know a lot of people will cite those first couple of years where they kept losing, but if you weren't paying attention, he blew up the whole roster and started over. It was a full rebuild. The Bears made a mistake not telling everyone that they were basically going Theo Epstein and, and you know, and starting from scratch. They, they were very yeah. coy about it, which was the problem. If they just said, look, we got to start over. This roster is terrible. Then... Things, mm-hmm. I think there would have been more patience, but they didn't say that, so that's why I think there's so many pace haters. But, I mean, he built that entire defense. You know, the only guy there is is, is Kyle Fuller. You know, Akeem Hicks was a great free agent spot, so was Trevathan. There's been a lot of good draft picks. I, I, I think Pace has done a, done a solid job as GM, despite the miss with, with that quarterback. All right, full, uh, absolutely agree. And so. you know what? A lot of people missed on quarterbacks, so. It's okay. I the shot and the thing too, and looking back, and I always say this to people, I'm like a lot of people like go look at the draft evaluations. Like a lot of people thought the Chiefs were crazy for taking Mahomes, air raid quarterback, who you know, you go back and read some of the reports on on Mahomes and his footwork and his off you know, all these sure. all these negatives. I think Watson is the one that if we wanna if you really wanna hold one against him, like, okay, Watson was the guy like for me, that was going into it. That was the player that I was trying to advocate. Actually, I was advocating Jamal Adams or or Christian McCaffrey. But of the quarterbacks, I'm like Watson's better than Trubisky. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, and, and as much as and, and I am critical of Mitch Trubisky on Twitter, but as as much as I am, if the decision was Jamal Adams and Deshaun Kaiser in round two for that draft. Which, by the way, if they took Jamal Adams, they never would have taken Eddie Jackson. This team would look a lot yeah. different and a lot worse. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. So, All right, there he is, at Adam Rank on Twitter, from NFL Network. You catch his podcast, all his fantasy work. Adam, thanks so much for hopping on, and bear down. Thank you. Uh, as always, the pleasure is all on this side of the phone, and bear down. All right, there he is, Adam Rank, NFL Network. Good, good Bears conversation there. A lot of... A lot of interesting things from Adam and, and, and possible directions they could go at multiple positions because this, this offseason is going to be interesting. I'm telling you, we are going to not see the same Ryan Pace from last year. This will be the Ryan Pace from two years ago. He is going to try and make some impact. I know he doesn't have a lot of money, but he's going to try and make an impact here in free agency in the draft and see what he can do to solidify this roster. So this is going to do it for this episode of Bears Banter. Next week, I will be in Miami covering the Super Bowl I will see what kind of Bears-related guests I can grab. Hopefully, we'll have a couple mini-pods for you, depending on who's down there. Last year, everyone was down there for kind of celebrating that 12-4 and season. I think the Bears might be a little quieter this time and, and may not be have as much media availability. We will see, but uh, hopefully that'll get done for you. We will talk to you hopefully next week, but we will talk to you throughout this offseason as the 2020 Bears team roster starts coming into focus. Bear down, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Adios. Adios.